I'm Alex Travis. And I'm Maureen Friedley. This is the High Horse Podcast. And we're leaving egos on the ground. I think we got that intro, man. I think we got it down finally. (laughs) Yeah. So Maureen, do you want to introduce the topic? Yeah. So this week, um, we are going to talk about parenting in the horse world, specifically um, just talking about, you know, how our kids have gotten involved, what we do to uh, encourage their involvement and kind of our take and our opinions on, um, on what we've seen, the good and the bad of what other parents have done uh, with their kids in the horse world. Mm, yeah. You know, in, in horses, you're working with another animal. And mm-hmm. so, uh, and a large animal. And so there's, there's a lot of my, a lot of people just don't plain realize, right? Like how much money right. goes into horses. Be sure of a way to put more stress on a parent. You know, you involve them in a sport or in a hobby that's wicked expensive, um, straight off the bat and also wicked dangerous. doesn't matter if you have the most kid broke horse in the world, right? Bomb proof, right. whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, if your ho- kid falls off, and lands on their neck, well, doesn't, you know, nothing you can do about that. So yeah, it's inherently, it's inherently stressful and stress can do, uh, do things to a parent. Right. And I, I mean, I'm very subject to that myself. Um, so I have a Tegan Kennedy is eight going on nine in December and Tegan just turned seven in June. Um, and they're both, they're both very, very involved in the husbandry and relationship aspect of horses. Um, you know, right now they don't have a horse to ride because Roni's on stall rest mm-hmm. before Roni was on stall rest, you know, they would ask to ride him and everything, but, um, I'm, I'm really big on having a good foundation and starting with good habits. So, um, for me, it's been difficult to tread that fine line of uh, wanting my kids to just get up there and have fun and enjoy it. And hey, you need to have good posture and be aware of what you're doing with your feet. Um, right. You know, especially because that's my horse you're on. That's my horse. So yeah. you're not going to be waving your feet all around and bumping on him and, uh, and doing all that shit. You need to pay attention to what you're doing because as much as I want you to have fun, you also need to be aware and respectful of the fact that you're on another living thing. Right. Period. Um, Roni always appears more broke than he is, especially around kids. He gets a little bit um, reserved, especially when the, if I drop the leader up and walk away, he won't move if the kids are on him. Won't do it. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, you know, I don't know if that's just, nervousness on his part or if he just knows like I don't want to hurt them they could fall off at any second they don't feel real stable up there or if it's just because it's not me you know I he has not been successfully ridden by anyone else um have I considered putting them in lessons yeah sure um you know, if it was something that they asked to do or they showed a real interest in, I would sh- I would certainly do that. Um, but they haven't. And so they just have I like just a don't. casual interest in it right now. 
Yeah. Uh, every, I will say that every time I saddle him, they ask to ride. At least Tegan does. Mm-hmm. Um, Tegan is always, it doesn't matter if she's doing archery or climbing or what it is. She's always like up at the front, wants to try um, and wants to give it a hundred percent, you know, fail a thousand times, get up a thousand and one kind of kid. Mm-hmm. Um, very outgoing, very extroverted. So every time I saddle, she will ask to ride. And most of the time the answer is no, because on that particular day, I'm working on him with something or, or whatever. And at the end of that lesson, when we end on a good note, the last thing I want to do is throw a kid up there. Right. Um, sometimes, you know, if we, you know, before we were riding at my neighbor's arena and I would walk him home, I would let them sit on him while they, while we walk home. Mm-hmm. Um, Kennedy will ask intermittently. She's more of a watch from the sidelines, take a lot of notes and come to the table when she feels prepared. Yeah. Um, she's because she's very sensitive to correction, very sensitive to what she perceives as criticism. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and she perceives a lot as criticism. And um, I, I don't I don't treat them any differently. So I'm going to treat Kennedy the same way I treat Tegan. Right. Um, especially because it, it matters. You know, if you're not aware of what you're doing around these animals and you get stepped on. I mean, that's, you know, their little feet can just be turned inside out. Yeah. So I'm, I'm probably pretty guilty of being a little hard on them around the horses, but I don't, I don't work with domestic bred 20 year old broke, broke, broke horses. I've got wild horses out there. Yeah. So you Um, have like an extra layer of precaution that you have to apply when you're around them. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, they're certainly safe to walk around as safe as any other horse, mm-hmm. but to interact with, you do have to have a little bit uh, of your sense about you and kids right. are generally not great at that. So, um, and I will say, I think that, I think that wild horses tend to have a little bit more common sense about being safe around kids than some of the, um, you know, client horses and friends horses I've seen in the past. It's like, yeah. they're so used to being around people that they're like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. They don't, they turn into the kids. They're kind of oblivious to everything else around them. And right. Yeah. And that's been I've really noticed, interesting for me to see. Yeah. I've noticed the same thing with, uh, with chap when he first came to us, you know, fresh off of his 80 acres, um, he had never seen children before and yeah. he was, a, and he was a stud. And of course, when we went out to the pasture with him, he didn't want to have anything to do with us. He walked away but he would come up to the fence with my two-year-old son and my, at that time, you know, six-year-old daughter. And he was so interested in them. And he was so gentle about putting his head over the fence yeah. and, and like reach up and touch him on the nose. So when I saw him do that, I was like, that's going to be a really good horse. See, and that to me says a lot, not only about horses ability to perceive, we, we tend to say that horses aren't um sentient or that they're they don't have as much cognitive ability but obviously they do because they are able to distinctly tell when someone goes from being an innocent uh vulnerable child to a grown dangerous predator right um and whether or not that's pheromones or if it's behavior, or if it's size, it's kind of irrelevant to me. That tells me that a horse is not only capable of recognizing self, they're capable of recognizing um, 
different developmental stages in others mm-hmm. in other in other species because yeah. you're absolutely right i mean kennedy and tegan when sully first came uh kennedy and tegan could walk right up to him and he'd be soft and gentle yeah um which was more than i could say for anyone else so um <clears throat> yeah they um and that's like i said it's not something i often see in a lot of domestic horses so but still, they need to be careful and cognizant. I don't ever want my children to think it's uh, acceptable to be to be careless around horses because I don't think right. it's fair to the horse. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you don't want a reactive horse, but at the same time, um, it's it's not fair to be careless around them. Right. So um, that's kind of where I'm at with it. I also just don't have a great big desire to be around other horse people a lot of the time especially mm. in a, in a competitive environment, um, because that can be really negative. And I don't want my kids to have ne- a negative association to horses. Right. Um, or to, to riding. Cause I feel that that's a lot of times what I see, especially on TikTok. Um, and I just, yeah, I don't want that. Horses are incredibly positive and therapeutic for them. And I don't want to kind of trample on that. And in Arizona, it's it's very much uh, a competitive ag state, so mm-hmm. you do get a lot of that. What about what about your kids? Well, I have two. Um, I have a boy and a girl. Arlette is seven, and Paxton is three. And um, Arlette has been around horses pretty much since she was born, not necessarily like on their back and riding, but you know, we, when we lived in Connecticut, um, our property was surrounded on three sides by horse pasture and she would go out to the fence line and watch them and they would greet her and everything like that. So she's always been around them for the most part. Um, but she didn't start really riding until we moved to Texas. And even then it was just kind of, you know, piddling around with her little pony that she had. Um, I would say that she really started to get serious about it this past year when she started barrel racing off of the lead line by herself mm-hmm. and, uh, and, sh- and she loves it. She it has taken a lot for her to, um, find confidence in herself. She, she's just naturally, I, I always joke around that, you know, God must be wanting me to learn a very valuable lesson through her because I am not an emotional person and she is an exceptionally emotional child. And that's been very, very hard for me to deal with. Um, but I feel like her, uh, her confidence when being around horses has just totally improved. They, Mm -hmm. you know, she, she runs competitively. She's, she does barrel racing and it's, you know, a competitive sport, but I've worked really, really hard for her to understand that yeah, we're here and we're running against other kids, but your main concern is you and your horse. So when she goes out, she is racing against her previous time from the last race. Yeah. And that's how it should always be. Exactly. So, but that's, that's her main concern is she, she's thinking about going faster than she did the last time. She's, she's thinking about making her turns better. She's thinking about trying to go a little bit faster than, you know, than she's comfortable with. We've been working really Mm -hmm. hard recently about, you know, she tends to, if she doesn't want to do something, she'll tend to tell you, well, I'm not comfortable doing that. 
And so horses right now are teaching her that, you know, you don't always get to be comfortable in what you're doing. Sometimes you have to push those boundaries. Mm-hmm. So um, that has been really great for her. And it's so nice because she will come out of, um, come out of the, the ring after her run and, you know, she's done 30 seconds better than she did, or not 30 seconds, sorry, um, a ha- a half of a second better than she did at her last race. And she's excited about that. She may have, yeah. you know, come in last, but she went out and she connected with her horse. She ran a little bit faster. She, and most importantly, she had a clean run compared to the girls that went out as fast as they could. And now don't get a time because they knocked the barrel. So I always tell her before she runs out into the arena to have a fun run and have a clean run. Mm -hmm. And that's what she focuses on. And then with my son, he's just starting to kind of sit on horses and be led around and everything. But I have a feeling that he's going to be another one that just loves to be up there. I mean, his big Mm -hmm. thing is our, our kind of uh, routine right now, when we go to a race is our let goes out and she runs her race. And when she comes out, he immediately is at her horse's side and he wants up in the saddle because he knows he gets to ride Mando or whoever it is that she's riding back to the trailer. So he looks forward to that every single race. So, um, he's like just starting to, to mess around with, uh, with donut now and everything. But I definitely noticed, um, what you were talking about with people being nasty on TikTok when I first shared Arlette's very first race on TikTok and people were, she, she walked the entire pattern. It was her first race by herself and her first race doing uh, riding a full size horse, not just her pony. And yeah, she that's a big deal. The, yeah. And she walked the entire pattern and I was so proud of her and everything. And I shared it on TikTok, just, you know, proud parent I, moment, you know, and, and people got so nasty on there. And when I looked, it was all the really young kids. And when I see, you know, for one, my first thought is, uh, what are your parents teaching you? when you're coming on to a six-year-old's video talking about how bad she is. And then my second thing is, you know, do your parents even know what you're saying on TikTok? That's like a whole other subject of, you know, accountability of your children. But, um, but yeah, it makes me wonder like, what, what are we doing wrong in the horse community where children are being, are thinking that it's okay to, shoot down a child's confidence like that and well, it's, they, not you hard, know. it's not hard to figure that out just take a look around I mean there's so much right. negativity so much unwarranted uneducated criticism and ignorance mm-hmm. you know um there's a difference between criticizing the way in which somebody uses a piece of equipment because of how you feel and making that same criticism because of an understanding of biomechanics right right like those are two different criticisms. Um, you know, you mentioned, you know, Arlette being happy about a half second improvement. Yeah, well, good. Because guess what? At the pro rodeo level, a half second's a fucking lot. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're talking about, you know, tenths of a second is what yeah. separates people from winning at that level. So what's the difference? You know, to me, nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as, you know, it's, it, it may seem insignificant to other people, but other people are very, um, they, they lack perspective. They're very set in their ways, right? Like it may not have seemed like a big deal for her to, you know, go from writing Mando to Scarlet, mm-hmm. but let me take, let me take you off of your 15 hand quarter horse and put you on an 18 hand Clydesdale. 
Yeah, exactly. And have, and have you lope around. We'll see how you feel. Mm-hmm. You might feel a little intimidated because of the size difference. Well, to a child, it's no different. In fact, it's more so because the way a child perceives the world is strikingly different from that of a neurochemically a mature adult. Right. Um, it's, it's a trickle down effect in our generation and the generation prior to us, the way they carry themselves online, the way they interact with others and and their horsemanship and how it has reared and raised this generation. Mm -hmm. Um, Very like nobody, I think people are very quick to put their opinions out there without thinking about it. Um, and without thinking about how it makes them look, you know, I got, right. yeah, that- I, that's, that's one thing, you know, I, I grew up right when the internet was becoming a thing and, you know, with AOL dial up internet and everything like that. Yeah. And I remember, you know, I, even before the internet was a thing, um, I remember my mom teaching us that just because you can say something doesn't mean you should say something. And I, to this day, there are times where I come across something online and I go to type something. And then I say, just because I say something doesn't mean I should something, you should say something. And I stop. And especially on TikTok, because I feel like it's an app that, you know, people are just, you know, it's such a quick app. You're just scrolling and scrolling and liking and, and, and posting, uh, posting comments without really thinking about it. Cause you're just ready to move on to the next video. I think people mm-hmm. forget that concept of you know, they don't think about how it's going to make them look and they don't think about, oh, you know, my profile picture is the same on all my social media aspects and my, and my, my screen name, my is full the same legal name. Yeah. My screen name is the same on, on Instagram. And then that leads you to my real name, which you can find on Facebook. And you can see from there that it's the same picture as my LinkedIn account and where you can see where I work and yeah. And then people don't realize, um, how, your online life will affect your real life if you don't take oh, yeah. that half second. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and I get everybody's right to have an opinion, right? I served in the military. So oh, absolutely could, could have those opinions. Right. Um, and I don't think, you know, and I say this all the time on my page, congratulations, you are entitled to your opinion. We don't have to agree. You'll see me say that all the time in my comment section. We don't have to agree. Mm-hmm. You can have your opinion. We don't have to agree. Um, And at the end of the day, I think it also comes back down to people feeling this need for other people to do shit their way. Mm -hmm. If you don't, if you don't uh, style your horse the same way, if you don't train your horse the same way, if you don't, you know, it's inherently wrong or they have an opinion about it. Um, And people are very quick to cast um, performance related criticisms. Oh yeah. Especially, especially, um, well, okay, Shelly, let me, let me see you get up on that horse and make a 37 second run. Go ahead. I'll wait. We'll even let you up on the same horse. See how good you can do then. But the reality is a lot of those people making those criticisms could not, they could not do better than that child. Um, but the, the parenting aspect of it, it's, it's just a bleed through, in my opinion. It's just a trickle down effect. You know, the way in which we treat each other, your kids aren't dumb. They're little sponges, mm-hmm. man. Literally from the time they're born. That's how a child learns to speak is through observing. Right. Um, 
you know, there's different types of learning, there's precocial learning, so on, so on, so on, right? You want to get into the science of it. But um, the reason I think, you know, circling back to what you said about, you know, the negativity coming from the children, children are two things. They're a product of their environment to a large degree. Mm -hmm. And um, they're less privy to consequence. Oh, yeah. And develop and developmentally, the brain actually doesn't start um, conceptualizing the idea and the implication of consequences um, until your mid to late 20s, actually. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like that's a That's a thing. So um, kids are very quick to just say whatever they want because their their brain is just not uh, neurochemically fully developed or even anatomically fully developed yet. Mm-hmm. And you won't be until you're in your mid to late twenties, depending on your gender and your genetics and so on. So, um, because they're a product of their environment, that is either how they're being treated at home or how they see their parents treating others. Right. Period. Period. Um, with, and with very few exceptions, I mean, you know, at a certain age, your children will start to de- grow and develop their own personalities. But a lot of that foundation, you set. Um, and so, yeah, they probably go to the rodeo with their parents or watch, you know, the NFR finals at home, national finals rodeo at home, and hear all the shit talking. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't believe I can't believe she's rubber banding her feet. I can't believe right. she knocked that. I can't believe she knocked that barrel. I can't believe she couldn't save that barrel. She made a better run two years ago. Okay. Uh, do you even have a barrel horse? Like well, again, where where are you making these comments from? Your couch. Home. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see you at the finals. They didn't fucking invite you. So why don't yeah. you shut your ass up, huh? Um. And there's, I think there's just a better way to structure or to project some of that stuff. You know, if you don't think that they made a good run, then say that. But I do believe that, you know, depending on who you are and where you come from and what you've got in your toolbox of life, there are some things you do and do not have the right to criticize. Right. And I actually had that happen. Arlette had a race uh, just recently where... Um, where the girl who ran after her knocked a barrel and she came out and she was really upset. And I was there with, uh, my best friend and her daughter was also riding and this little girl came out and she was, she was really upset and, um, just didn't have good control of her horse, but she had a fast time though. She did good. And she came out and we said, Hey, you did really good. That's a lot of horse you're handling. It was a lot of horse for her. And, uh, and we encouraged her and everything. And then my daughter, Arlette, I hear her over my back say, but next time try to keep your hands down. I spun oh. on my heel so fast. And I told her, I was like, mm. that girl still went faster than you went. You have no space to talk. And you're she, not, you're not riding the same horse. Exactly. You are not riding the same horse. Yeah. You can keep your heart hands down, Arlette, because you're on Scarlet or you're on Mando where you are yeah. able to, to ride in a hack and keep your hands down. Right. It's not the same when you're riding a bridal horse. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Period. Yeah, I spun really quick on my heel and, and yeah, we, we had a little discussion right there <laughs> real quick. Oh, I would have, I would have snatched Kennedy up by her hair. I mean, plain as day, snatched her up yeah. and corrected her right on the spot and, and made a point of it. 
um, you know, just with, with my kids and, and their genetics, they have got to be immediately put in their place or it will carry forward. Yeah. Um, because that's definitely how I was, um, you know, and it, and it comes, you know, it comes back to, I think for me, these parents who had dreams of being Betty Barrel Racer 9,000, you know, winning the buckles and the trailers and mm-hmm. going to the NFRs and this and that, uh, doing the futurities that never made it, uh, who are now trying to live through their kids. Right. And so they, so they are buying, you know, these freaking nine and 10 year olds, $20,000 barrel horses. They can't even ride. Oh yeah. Um, to me, that's such a foolish decision. Yeah. On so many levels, you know, I'm not going to tell other people what to do with their money, but to jeopardize the safety of your child, that, yeah, that is, you are in a exactly... sport that's inherently so dangerous. I've seen so many people become paralyzed, uh, oh, yes. gravely injured, the horse completely decommissioned or have yeah. to be put to sleep because of a freak accident, let alone well, yeah, a bad accident. I've heard plenty of stories of young children around my kid's age that have died in the middle of competition because something yep. just a freak accident happened. And that was exactly what this girl was. She, and she went out without a helmet. I, I am a big proponent of wearing a helmet because of what I've seen for other people. And I, yeah. and I was one of those people when I started doing Western riding and I was old enough where I could make the choice, the decision as to whether or not I wore a helmet, I didn't wear a helmet. But then when I had my daughter, I was like, I don't want to be that parent that says, do as I say, not as I do. And so I started wearing a helmet again. And so, um, and there are times where Arlette will be just sitting there waiting for her turn to go in and she'll ask, can I take my helmet off? And I always tell her, no, if you're going to take your helmet off, you're getting off the horse. Have you um, asked her why she wants to take it off? No, I, I think she just wants to do it for comfort because she gets hot underneath it. Um, and so she wants to take it off for, you know, the, the relief from the heat and everything. Um, Mm. it's, it's not so much that she sees the other kids do it. She, she doesn't conceptualize the idea of, cause I've never presented that idea to her, you know, going back to your whole point of, you know, product of what their parents say and what, and what they point out and everything. I've never made it, you know, quote unquote, uncool to wear a helmet. She's only ever known wearing a helmet and she, and she sees me wear a helmet. So Mm -hmm if mom's wearing a helmet, then what, what does it matter? But, um, but yeah, but that, that girl who went out, didn't wear a helmet. It, we could see during her warm up that it clearly was a horse that she, it was too much horse for her. And she definitely needed something that was more like a Mando where she didn't yeah. have a good seat. That was something that she clearly needed to work on. She wasn't in a great saddle either. The saddle was way too yeah. small for her. Um, so she, she wasn't set up for, you know, great success in the first place, but um, I think when Arlette made the comment, she, she is not a child that says things out of spite or anything yeah, like she's that. She's trying to be helpful. Yeah, sure. exactly. It came but from a good that, place. Exactly. And that, and that's where I think too, it kind of applies to what we see a lot on TikTok where people will give an opinion trying to be helpful. Without- They'll say, you know, no hate or, um, you know, I, I just wanted to let you know, because I've been riding for five years, blah, 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 with this top trainer and everything. And people think that they're saying it um, out of the goodness of their hearts and to be a helpful individual without realizing that unless it's asked for that, your comments, you know, sometimes can do more harm than good, especially when it comes to kids. As a a general rule, 
I, I mean, I have a couple of rules, right? Especially on the internet. One mm -hmm. is unless it's a case of obvious abuse or neglect or, um, you know, using a piece of equipment, uh, completely wrong. Mm -hmm. If it's, if it's just something training related, I'll ask first, Hey, do right. you mind if I, do you mind if I give you a, a pointer or tip, take it or leave it? Uh, if they say no, I move on about my day. Right. I don't respond and move on about my day. I don't give my unsolicited opinion on uh, training or writing period. Mm -hmm. um, if it is somebody, you know, beating on their horse, pulling a bit through the mouth, right? Uh, not wearing a curb chain on a fucking snaffle bit. Yeah, I'm going to say something about that because I'm not willing to look past um, the things I see wrong in this community. Mm -hmm. Um. If you don't have a good seat and your horse throws your ass off, I mean, that's your problem at the end of the day. You know, you should have taken your sign 10 miles in, in that direction. You shouldn't need people on the internet to tell you. And that's just kind of how I see it. Yeah. Um, and then the other, the other kind of rules that I have that I also give to my kids are if, if your opinion is coming from a place of preference, keep it to yourself. If you don't like their tack because it's leopard print and you don't like leopard print, right. well, you didn't pay for it and it's not on your fucking horse to so shut your fucking mouth. Right. I don't want to hear that shit. I don't want to hear that shit at all. You know what? When it comes time for them to have a horse, they might want Pokemon tack. I kind of want that now that I've said it out loud. <laughs> hey, you um, know what? I just, I went on a trail ride with a guy that had his daughter got him a, uh, a bridal made with Chick-fil-A on it. Oh, that's fucking sick. <laughs> right? Um... <laughs> Yeah, so if, if you didn't pay for it and you don't have to ride in it, right, shut yeah. up about it. Shut up about it. I know, I'm that was a big trend on TikTok for a while, wasn't it, just recently, where people were, were talking about, you know, certain colors or things like that or, that people wear that make them, a, quote, unquote, a bad rider or something. Yeah, or, or that they just yeah. didn't like. I was like, who cares yeah. what you like? Who fucking cares what you like? <laughs> yeah, nobody, nobody fucking cares. cares what you like. Yeah, there was the equestrian hot takes trend and they were and every almost every last one of them had a piece of tack in there that they just didn't like the aesthetic of. Nobody cares, Bethany. <laughs> Nobody cares what you like. Nobody cares what I like. Nobody cares. You couldn't think of anything better. That was your right. only hot take. Shut up. Shut up. I hate that crap. <laughs> and then the other is it, if they can't fix it in 15 seconds. Right. Yeah. Shut, shut up. Yeah. Shut up. I don't care. Shut up. Uh, period. But then, you know, at the same time, I, I do um, really enforce in my children never to look past someone intentionally mistreating an animal. I don't mm -hmm. care if it's a hedge, a hedgehog, a grasshopper or a horse. If you see someone intentionally mistreating an animal, you step in and you stand up for what's right. Mm -hmm. Always. Right. Um, I, I'm not raising a bystander. And if you don't feel comfortable, you tell an adult or you tell someone that can do something about it. If you mm -hmm. don't feel comfortable or safe in that situation, then get somebody else. But don't ever see it and not say anything about it because that's wrong. Right. Uh, the color of somebody's saddle pad, none of your business. The style of somebody's saddle, none of your business. How somebody's mm -hmm. clothes that they're riding in fit or what they look like. None of your business. They're whipping on their horse. If they're spurring them until they bleed, that's your business. That you mm -hmm. should say something about. And most competitions and events do have rules 
about that kind of thing. And so right. um, that's kind of, that's kind of where I stand on it. So, um, but I do see, you know what I do see a lot now that we're really talking about it is a lot of, a lot of these parents putting their kids on a horse. It's too much for them. What's up with that? I, I, that, and that's that so, into, that's so dangerous. That's yeah, so, no, so, I mean, that goes back rodeo, to what we were, that's what goes back rodeo, to what you, we were rodeo. saying about, about, uh, living vicariously through your kids. You know, they see themselves in that saddle on that horse running at that speed. Not well, you kid. already got the horse, Becky. So just pay right? the entry I, fee and ride it. Yeah, exactly. You want to do it so bad, go do it then. Um, or I, I've also seen at, you know, the races where that they do that, where, but it's still too much horse for the kid. You know, I, there are times where I, I, I don't know what it is. Honestly, it is, I, I put our light into those races because one, it builds her confidence. And two, she enjoys it. She has fun with it. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if we walk away with money. Doesn't matter if we walk away with a buckle. She just likes that she, we get to have a whole day surrounded by horses and doing horse stuff. Mm-hmm. And then she gets to show off in front of her dad and her brother. That's all yes. she cares about. <laughs> but there are parents that go out there and they will bring mom's horse that she's going to race that day. But then she's also going to put Sammy on it. And no. have her and the horse knows the pattern. So they just strap that kid into the saddle, say, hold yeah. on, keep, keep one hand out in front of you, hold on to the horn with the other one. They smack that horse on the ass and it runs the pattern completely. There on should its be own. a guideline. There should be some kind of guideline. I mean, kids, kids have died. Did yeah. people not realize that kids have died? Kids have literally left in an ambulance and gone to right. work. Well, and that's, that's another thing, you know, I've done a video talking about this. We recently had a production company out here in my area that made a new policy saying that if your peewee rider is running at 19 seconds or less, they get to go run it. They can either run in the youth or they can run in the open your, your choice, but they are beyond what should be allowed in the peewee race. Yeah. Pee wee racers are there. They're either on lead line or if they're by themselves, they're running at 20, 30, 40 seconds. Like yeah. if you've got a peewee that is running a 17 second barrel pattern, you're not doing that's that a horse that knows the pattern. Exactly. You, you know, and I had a lot of people when I did that video talking about it, um, that were like, well, if my kid qualifies as a peewee, which the only way you qualify as a peewee is if you're what seven or eight and under, mm-hmm. Um, so they should be able to ride as a peewee and, and, you know, all the other peewees, you're only as good, you're only as good as your competition. So they need to ride better. I'm like, okay, wait, no, no, let's flip that around. If you're only as good as your competition and you're going into a a competition of peewees and you know, you're going to run 17 seconds and you know that everyone else is going to run 25 plus. Why would you want to run? Where's the competition? Yeah. If you want to be better, put them into the youth then where everyone's running 19 and better. And let's see where they fall in those chips, you know? So, and I mean, I, I see, I've had people tell me, you know, we do it because it gives my kid more confidence and everything and give them a boost for the, the next race that we have that month. That's bigger stakes or whatever. Okay, cool. Whatever. That's coming from the but, parent. That's coming yeah, from the parent. I want to talk to the kid. Yeah, exactly. Let me talk to the and, kid. 
And that's, that's again, where it comes into the whole thing of, okay, who's out there racing though? Are we out there racing? Cause our child enjoys it. Are we out there racing? Cause our kid is becoming more confident in it. Are we out there racing? Because you want your kid to be able to brag that they want a check or that they got a buckle. And then is the kid really proud of that check or that buckle? Or are you proud of that check or that buckle? You know? So, I mean, you know, Pete, my daughter's biggest check was $20 in a peewee competition. Yeah. Like, let's be real. If, if we're, if we're going to play this game of, of, you know, it's for the kids, then let Act them, like it. yeah, exactly. Walk let the walk ride, Act yeah, like it. Let, let them, them have actual where, fun. Exactly. Yeah. Let them ride where it makes sense for them to ride, put them on horses that they are capable of controlling in case of a freak accident, like we've been saying and, and shut up and let them have fun, you know? I think it's most important to just make it safe. Um, these are not children that are cognitively, right? They don't have the anatomy or the chemistry to make decisions mm-hmm. for themselves yet. They don't. Right. They don't have the, they're not of the age of consent. So they're not able to weigh the gravity of the decision of competing in an event like this. Right. They are relying on their parent to keep them safe. And right. if your mom and dad says, yeah, go do it they're going to go do it because they think you're looking out for their best interest. What they don't realize is they're putting you on a $20,000 rocket donkey mm-hmm. that uh, is going to lope that pattern, whether you're in the saddle or you're not. Mm-hmm. And- I've had that conversation with friends. You know, there are times where I, where I wish that I was a kid again, because, you know, they get on the horse. And like you said, they don't, they're not able to understand the, the weight of the decision of sitting on a horse. All mm-hmm. they think about is, oh my gosh, I'm sitting on my horse. I love horses this is the best day ever. Cause I get to go riding today. Right. And, and, I, and I get on and we, and we say, Oh shit. If I have a bad day today, I could get really, really hurt. Yeah. And it's a, I think it's a little manipulative on the part of the parent mm-hmm. because they are um, putting their kids into a potentially really dangerous situation, especially in the cases where they're on a horse that's too much for them. Right. Um, at a big arena, especially at bigger rodeos. That's, it's morally and ethically uh deprived right you're you're making a a very dangerous decision and and many parents have regretted it right like many parents have kids that are disabled now kids that have Mm -hmm. had to have surgeries kids that have uh graves Mm -hmm. that's that's the reality i mean call me a karen or whatever but that is the reality i volunteered and worked the tucson rodeo for a long time Um, and it's dangerous. Rodeo is dangerous. Yeah. Especially, um, and it doesn't seem to matter. It doesn't seem to matter if you're, you know, on the turquoise circuit, like we are here in Arizona, or if you're at a little jackpot rodeo, it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. because the ground and the horse and the people, um, there's a lot of factors there. It's inherently dangerous. It's more important that your child have a safe run. Right. And, and like I said earlier, let me talk to the kid because a lot of times, man, those kids are stressed. They're stressed about what their parents is going to think. They're not stressed about getting hurt. They're not stressed about what their runtime is going to be. They're They're stressed stressed about about their parents response. Yes. They're stressed about the car ride home from that rodeo. Disgusting. Yeah. Disgusting. Disgusting. That's, you should be fucking ashamed if your child comes into the alley with grief 
dread and anxiety on their face, that's your failure as a parent. Mm-hmm. You're not doing your job. They, you know, if it's a, a sport they choose to pursue as they get older, they will give themselves enough of that. They don't need to learn it from you. Right. Allow them to enjoy it now so that they grow a love and they foster a love and a passion for the sport so that in the times when they do have those feelings and they do have self-doubt and they do have a bad run when they're in their late teens or their twenties, they have that love and the passion there to back them up. Right. Because that's why so many rodeo kids get out of rodeo. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's, it doesn't matter if it's, it's roping or steer riding or barrel racing. So many of those kids, they get older to make the decision for themselves and they stop. Why? Because their parents put a bad taste in their mouth for it. Mm-hmm. It's not because they didn't want to. Their parents ruined their love of horses. Right. Or they had a bad accident. And almost yeah. every time and, uh, when, when you look at when you look at those accidents, they were preventable. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it's I mean, just I know, not. I know that there are probably people hearing this and they're and I because I've gotten this before too is that oh well why don't we just give everyone participation trophies then and it's not about that exactly I I think I feel like that's just like a cop-out for taking a moment to look inside yourself and ask yourself if you're really bettering the sport by the way that you're pushing your child you know and and that and again that's not to say that everything has to be hunky-dory every time your kid comes off of a bad run Arlette had a bad run where she she went out to the run and the very first barrel, she didn't even start on the right side. And then she went to her second barrel and it was okay. And then she went to the third barrel and it was on the wrong side. And she came back out and she started right. And then when she was riding back, they had a flagger at the, at the laser line. And she was looking at the flagger as she was running by instead of looking in front of herself. And she came, she, she came into the alley where I was and she had this big smile on her face. And I looked at her, I'm like, girlfriend, that was not good. But I didn't yell at her. I didn't take her off yeah. of her horse and pull her to the side and get in her face and say, you weren't paying attention. You weren't doing that. Like- See, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you right now, this is why I don't think I ever want to put my kids into any kind of competitive horse related sport. Because if I saw, if I if physically in person saw a parent doing that, I'm, I'm just, I'm not out of my violent days, man. Cause I, I can yeah. feel it in here. I yeah. can feel it in here. I would, I would get it. I would get in the middle. Yeah. I would get in the middle. That's not right. Mm-hmm. That's not right. And to be yelling at a child in front of a horse, that's stupid. Right. That's stupid. Yeah. How, I mean, I'm not a saint. How, how I'm awful a... would it be to be the cause of when your child sees a horse, they think of trauma- of how traumatic their experience with horses has been in their life. Yeah, for sure. That's absolutely. like heartbra- yes. That's heartbreaking to think of. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, I think a lot of those type of parents don't see it that way. Right. Um, and a lot of them are, it's that living vicariously through their kids. It's that they're viciously competitive. I'm more competitive than the average person. Uh, but I draw the line where it doesn't, where it stops making sense. Yeah. I'm not so competitive. I'm willing to jeopardize the safety of my minor child. Right. That's reckless. That's uh, borderline, I think mental illness, in my opinion, because you've abandoned reason. You've abandoned reason. There's nothing wrong with putting your kid in a competitive sport. There's nothing wrong with, um, going out there and doing that kind of thing, but prepare them properly. 
you know, don't put them on a horse. It's too much for them. Mm-hmm. Cause you're just asking for a disaster. Um, and as someone who's, who both of my kids have spent significant amounts of time in the hospital, had multiple surgeries. I promise, I promise you do not want to see your child on a breathing tube. Like I have, you do not yeah. want to sit in the waiting room waiting to find out if the surgery was successful. Okay. That's still heartbreaking for me to think about. And my kids are in the next room. Okay. Now. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to go through that. Right. Um, over what a buckle, a check, who gives a shit, man. Because I promise when the doctor comes in to talk to you, that's going to be the furthest thing from your mind. Yeah. If that horse lands on your kid, um, you know, slips, knocks over a barrel, you're not going to be thinking about that shit anymore. Right. And furthermore, it's probably going to ruin your love of horses. Cause yeah. I don't, I don't. Well, because, yeah. Cause I mean, I don't know where... a lot of those parents um, who've had bad wrecks or lost their kids or disabled their kids who still ride horses. Yeah. Well, and that's another thing that I've seen before is the parents blaming the horse. You know, you, I've seen where kids are put on these horses that are too much for them. They're told just hang on and make it across the finish line. And the horse bucks on the run home and the kid loses their seat and falls out of the saddle. And I, I distinctly remember one race where I saw that happen. And my reaction to something like that, Arlette has, has fallen off the horse while performing the pattern. And I've, mm-hmm. and I've run out there, grabbed her horse, checked on her, you good? You okay? Pride hurts, yeah. Okay, we're gonna get back on the saddle and I will walk next to you. We'll finish the pattern and we'll leave. Because of course, you know, we, we, all, we all grow up with that saying of once you fall off the horse, you gotta get back on because you don't, wanna, you don't want that fear to settle in. And you don't wanna end on that bad note. But there, there was a race where I saw a girl where the horse bucked her off on the way home. And the first thing, oh, the shit. six people, six people over the fence into the arena. First off, my first reaction was that's too many people. Mom, oh, yeah. maybe mom and dad. That's all the only people that need to be out there. One person for the kid, one person for the horse. That's exactly. It. But six people jumped the fence and ran in to check on this girl. And mom went and grabbed the horse and she was riding with split reins and took the, one kid the reins. Was- yeah, I don't know why, but she took okay. one of those reins and just started whacking on this horse and mm. getting out because the horse bucked her off on the turn home. And then, and they walked the horse out and they never put the girl back on the horse again, at least from, and I'll you bet know, that, during I'll that bet, day. I'll bet that kid was flopping around in the saddle too. Oh, I wouldn't be, I wasn't really watching her very much because I was talking to Arlette, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case because yeah, it was too much horse for too little of a girl who was just told, hang on tight and just get across the finish line with, I mean, she's lucky she didn't end up with a broken neck. And of course, those are the horses they labeled as problem horses. Right. And again, Um, and she was riding without a helmet too, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah. See, and, and that's the thing, a five or a six foot fall on a child. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. And from the top of a horse, that's about where you are, you know? Right. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's just not, it's not, uh, I'm really big on, and you've heard me say this before, you know, once you inherently involve money in horses, you lose a lot of the medicine they have to offer. Right. Um, I try not to do that as much as I can. And like I said, I know my own personal limits. I'm the person I am. That's not going to change. Mm-hmm. I don't, 
I don't want my kids around that kind of toxicity uh, or danger. Why? They can enjoy their horses here at home. Yeah. They want to ride. They can ride here at home. If they really wanted to and they asked me to put them in lessons, I sure would. I sure would. Um, and it would be safe. It would be positive. Mm -hmm. It would be character building. It would not be dangerous, negative. Yeah, so I don't know that I have a great big desire to do that. Tegan is very competitive. And, you know, even at, you know, the last rodeo, which was two years ago now, but she saw the, the sheep, the mutton busting, and she was like, oh, yeah, the I, I want to ride one of those. And I totally let her do something like that. Um, and I was mm -hmm. planning to, but then COVID happened. So um, I'm not against my kids doing competitive things by any means, but I do want to limit their exposure and interaction to that kind of toxic behavior because kids right. are very susceptible. Um, and just why be around it, you know? Right. I, um, and I think uh, my protective instincts are just he more heightened when my kids are around too. So, you know, like you mentioned a couple of weekends ago, Arlette had a run and the woman standing off to the side of you guys was kind of making remarks about mm -hmm. Arlette's run. Yeah. That's not something I could tolerate. Yeah. At all. At all. And I also don't want to be part of the problem. You know, I don't want my kids to be embarrassed or dreading going to a rodeo because they're like, is mom going to kick somebody's ass today? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I might. I might. It could happen. I'm not going to tell you it won't. I'd be oh. lying. Uh, I, and I always, you know, I'll tell them that depends on other people. That depends yeah. on other people. I'm inclined <laughs> not. I'm inclined not to because I don't have anyone to drive you guys and the horse back home. Right. If something happens, <laughs> but, but my temper can only take so much. Yeah. That's just it. Um, and for the same reasons that, you know, I also don't, you know, if I competed, it'd probably be in trails or something, competitive trail riding. But, you know, the, the trail competitions and stuff like that are so much more laid back, you know. A lot mm -hmm. of those people will bring, you know, beers in their saddle sack kind of thing. Right. Um, and well, I yeah, would because find... that's, that's so much more, it, it's more based on, um, you know, like we, like, we let's talk about your relationship with your horse and getting them to trust that you're what right. you ask them to do and on a trail is safe for them yes. to do. Right. You know? Exactly. Um, yeah, that's very much competitive trails very much that way. And that's kind of one of the things I really love about it. It really tests your horsemanship, your relationship. Um, and that is something I want to do with Remy in the future. I think the kids would really excel at that. I think that's, you know, I don't know if kids are allowed to compete in something like that, but I think that would be really cool for kids. Yeah. Because how challenging. That's problem solving, right? That's complex problem solving uh, and a really advanced horsemanship. Yeah, absolutely. personally. Absolutely. Um, but uh, the other thing stopping me here, if I'm being totally transparent, is I have really extreme driving anxiety, just like normally, mm -hmm. like really bad. Um, especially it's, it's even more when my kids are with me, which is almost all the time. Now you want to add putting a horse in a trailer on top of it. Yeah. I mean, that's anxiety ridden. Not even, not even if you don't have regular driving. anxiety. 
<laughs> and then I just, I just know, I just know my limitations. I just know my limitations, right. my limitations. Me and my doctor were talking about this yesterday. Like I know after I have experienced an extended period of time of time under anxiety, my bullshit threshold is nothing, man. Yeah. I get out of that. I get out of that Jeep and I'm like, don't talk to me. Shut up. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Stop fighting with each other. I'm going to knock your fucking heads together. <laughs> I mean, Archer gets out of the Jeep and he's like, yeah, what do you need? Do you need me to sit here, lay down what you want? I'll do it all. I'll go outside. I'm just trying to be good. <laughs> I'm just trying to be good. I'm just trying to be good. Um, especially like, and you know, cause, and that's just kind of how the cookies crumble all the time. Right. Like when it's the worst weather, when you're having car trouble, when your horse won't want to load, yeah, my, the way my mental health is set up. Oh um, no, I've I've talked about this before too with friends. Like my uh-uh. our, our let is our let is never more chatty in the car than when I'm pulling a trailer at night and it's raining. Oh, I can't drive. <laughs> I mean, I don't drive um, there, at night. we've had some some really late. I usually don't drive at night because I just I just don't like to. Um, I can't. But see. we've had some. I just yeah. cannot see. Oh well, yeah. I've just I've just had it where I just don't especially when it's really late because we've had some some rodeos go until midnight um fuck that dude what i yeah yeah because no so, maureen i'm out i'm leaving <laughs> i'm fucking that's, leaving that's the other thing is is you have some rodeos where they'll be like okay um uh, everybody runs at the at the when you entered including the peewee so they'll have like open, open, what? open, senior, youth, open, peewee, peewee, peewee. Oh, and then it will just run like that throughout the whole entire night until no. they finish all their runners. So right now we usually try to stick, stick to, uh, to rodeos where they're like, we're going to start with the peewees. And when they're done, then they can go home. No. But, um, um, yeah, I also so- don't want to make, I don't want to make friends either. So like, I don't, I don't like going to places where people are really friendly. Um, I don't like that. I don't like people coming up and talking to me. <laughs> So, um, the idea of like another mom in the alley trying to start a conversation with me makes me I can tell you that wouldn't, that, that wouldn't, that wouldn't happen because, because she's too concerned about her daughter doing better than yours. I can tell you, I've never had somebody come up and talk to me at a rodeo that I didn't already know or since sad, being on I think. TikTok or since being on TikTok has come up to me and like, are you that person from TikTok? sad a little bit I think otherwise people don't I mean I don't I don't want it but yes. I still think it's sad no I yeah I sad. agree <laughs> yeah um well you don't want it because of the anxiety of it but you you think it's sad that it just doesn't happen in general yeah because I mean, everyone's I don't, too competitive yeah yeah it should be about the kids um yeah, and then exactly. the other thing for, the other thing for me is it would take one it would take one barrel racing Betty to say some sideways shit about my horse. I would come unfucking glued, girl. Unglued, I would come. What did you say about my horse? Yeah. Oh, I gotta kick your ass now. I'm sorry, but <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't even care if you apologize. Now I gotta fuck you up off a of principle. And you know, my kids will just tell you everything. You know. Yeah, he's a Mustang, and I because I've seen it happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, that that horse is a dirty res pony. Like I, girl, I will knock you into next year. Don't try me. Not about my horse. You can yeah. talk. Now that's that's the that's the funny thing up to me. 
You can say anything you want about me. I don't give a damn. Mm-hmm. I don't give a damn. Talk about my kids or my horse. And I will send you to the dentist. Yeah. No, this is why I don't go out in public. This is why I don't go out in public. I just stay home all the time. It's better that way. Yeah. More fun, with, more fun to be with your kids and your horses than anybody else. Anyhow. Yeah. Somebody asked me last night what I wanted to do for my birthday. I was like, stay home. The best <laughs> gift you could give me. Silence at home. That's it. Just don't talk to me and leave me at home. Yeah. That's the best. I love that. That's my favorite. Yeah. You don't want to go anywhere? Nope. That's the worst idea in the world to me. I do not want to go anywhere now. I have to get in the car and leave my house? No, thank you. You lost me. Don't want to do that. <laughs> so I want to hear too. What you, so I think it's interesting. The, the I, don't want, I don't know if perspective is the word I want to use, but you come from horse people. Mm-hmm. I know that you've said about your, your grandfather, uh, working with horses and everything like that. I don't know about your, your parents, if they were very involved with it, but, um, and then you do, and then you do your work with, um, the Mustangs and everything like that. How, how are you using your experiences to raise your kids in the horse world, especially Um, since they're not competitive right now? Well, I will say that each, I mean, my horses have definitely made me more patient. They've made me a better parent for sure. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, I involve my kids in taking care of them Mm -hmm. and, you know, I'll, I'll pick days where I'm particularly patient and I'll let them sit and watch me work with them and ask questions or, you know, if I'm going out there to rasp a hoof or doctor an injury Mm -hmm. or something, I'll come out there and I'll walk them through what I'm doing. Um, because I think that's the kind of stuff that's important to me. I don't care if you ever grow up and compete or whatever, but I do care that you understand how to talk to your horse. And I care that you understand how to have a conversation, a Mm two-way conversation with that animal. Um, and I care that you do, do they, um, are either of them like uh, gravitating to anybody in particular in your herd? Oh, um, I mean, Cricket and Kennedy are pretty close. Everybody's close with Roni, but I yeah. think Tegan especially, you know, Tegan always wants to be in there with him. Um, she and she asks more questions you know kennedy's more observant tegan asks more questions it's just they're a difference in learning style a difference mm-hmm. in the way they interact with the world um <clears throat> but kennedy and, and ron or tegan and roni are very close very very close um and i think with cricket cricket is close with kennedy cricket enjoys kennedy i don't yeah. know that she notices um Kennedy definitely she's very soft with them she'll go out and um just kind of be with them but she's just she's just a very quiet child you know she's doesn't she never has a lot to say she's very introspective she's the the book reader right um 
So she'll she'll think about something for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours before she ever comes and talks to you or asks a question. Tegan, I mean, the second the thought pops in her mind, it's out of her mouth. So. Um, and do you see that translate into their horsemanship when they are out with them? Yeah, and I think that's why... Um, I think that's why Tegan and Roni do so well together. She's very mm -hmm. honest. She's yeah. very forthcoming, front running. And she's just very obvious. You know, she's very easy to predict. Roni likes that. Roni likes knowing exactly where you're at. And he likes a bit of a louder personality. Um, I think how quiet Kennedy is maybe makes him nervous. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know where she stands because she's, she's very quiet. Yeah. Um, which is what Cricket likes about her. Cricket would definitely like if I were more quiet. But tough kitties, that's not going to happen in this lifetime. <laughs> um, I So they just have very different styles. Um, I think Tegan might stick with it. Like, you know, when I ask, I've asked, for example, I've asked Tegan to hold Roni while I unpack. No problems. So they're mm -hmm. holding he might have turned his head, but he never, you know, tried to get away with anything. And I have asked Kennedy to hold Roni. And boy, he dragged her off. He started walking away. Oh, really? And she just <laughs> and she just went with him. And I was like, Did you forget what you were doing? What are you doing? And she was like, Well, he he pulled away. I said, Yeah, you stand your ground. And that's just kind of right. That's her nature. Yeah. She's she's just it, um, you know, working Have you seen with some the, of those things kind of improve when they've, as they've, you know, interacted with the horses, like standing your ground and, you know, taking control of a situation. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, she, they've, um, have you seen them like apply what they've learned through their horsemanship well, to a situation or anything like that? Well, not yet, but they're about to start school again for the first time in a year because they were online yeah. before. Oh, for so, COVID. Yeah, so we'll see. You know, I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, maybe we'll have to do a follow-up episode. Yeah. Um, how, it, how it translates. Um, I think working with a wider variety of horses of like just different ages and backgrounds and kind of condition mm -hmm. has just helped me and helped me understand them better. Yeah, especially especially Kennedy. Um, you know, I've said it on live streams and stuff, but uh, I struggle with Kennedy more as a parent. I think a lot of parents have a hard time accepting that or or admitting that to themselves. They feel um, negatively, right, about like their lacks as a parent or where their shortcomings. Right. How you feel about it's not going to change the reality that it's there. Yeah, um, I'm not a soft parent. I'm not a nurturing parent. It's not who I am. I can't change that about myself. Um, I'm fair, I'm firm, but I'm not uh, like cuddle up on the couch. You know, I'm not, let's read bedtime stories. Mm -hmm. It's just not me. I didn't grow up with that. Um, I also just, I have a lot of um, sensory processing stuff. Like I don't, I don't like to, uh, talk and be touched. Um, I can't, I don't like multiple people talking at once that it's mm -hmm. like very overwhelming to me. So, um, 
and I'm, you know, I'm on the spectrum. So it's just difficult for me to understand sometimes the cognitively normal brain. Yeah. Right. Like, um, especially because I, I am, I just, I lack a lot of the like social fears and things. So Mm -hmm. for Kennedy, what has been really tough for me is, um, accepting her softness. And for a long time, I just tried to get her to, to be more tough. And that was like, so hard. Like, why can't you just understand? Why can't you just be more tough? Just get over it. Why can't you be like me essentially? Right. Why can't you be more like me? You would be easier if you were more like me. Well, that's not Mm. the way life works. Um, and Tegan is very much like me. So Tegan is just more easy. Um, and working with different horses has kind of helped me understand her better um, and see the intrinsic value in that. You know, there's, there's, you know, certainly benefits and drawbacks to both personalities. It takes all types of people, right? But um, there's something so special. And so uh, to be preserved, to be protected in people who are so emotionally vulnerable and willing mm-hmm. to give. She's so willing to give of herself. Yeah. I'm not. <clears throat> I'm not. I don't have, in fact, I don't have any interest in it. Yeah. So, um, and that's learned, right, over time. Tegan doesn't have that. And I notice, you know, I notice a lot of tandem similarities in Cricket and Kennedy. You know, uh, for the longest time, and I think you've heard me say this before, you know, I would say Cricket never knickers at me. She doesn't whinny at me. Mm-hmm. well guess what actually she does I just never noticed because she does it so quiet right you know now I've noticed that when I walk up to the corral she is nickering at me her nostrils are fluttering yeah she's mm-hmm. just not she's just not very loud she's just quiet she's reserved but look at all she can do mm-hmm. she's so smart she's so smart I think she probably spends as much time thinking as Kennedy does um, and for the same reason, she's not as reactive and explosive. Right. She really, th- she really thinks about things. Uh, she's a problem solver. Uh, very busy minded. Whereas, you know, Roni, meh. No, he's going to tell you where to put it. Um, and he will throw fit when he wants to. It, and it's hard for me to like, I don't know. It's hard for me to, it's hard for anyone to relate to that, which is different from you. That's hard. Yeah. That is hard. So it's been hard for me to know where I stand with her in the same way. It was hard for me for a long time to know where I stand with cricket. Mm -hmm. I thought cricket and I didn't have any relationship at all until somebody else pointed it out to me. And they were like, my horse wouldn't do what that horse just did for you. Yeah. And, and my response was what? Well, she doesn't nicker at me. She doesn't greet me at the fence. What? Yeah. Why? Because she doesn't do the things Roni does. She's not Roni. Yeah. In the same, in the same way, Kennedy is not Tegan. Right. She does relate to me in her own way. That has been valuable. I wouldn't have gotten that without horses. I certainly mm-hmm. wouldn't have gotten that if I had sold cricket. If I had sold her initially, the first person that wanted to buy her, I never would have 
happened across that. And I would still be struggling. Right. Parenting her. So, um, yeah, I'm really grateful to my horses for that. Um, like really, really grateful. So what do you, what are you, what about you? Um, well, Arlette is, Arlette and Kennedy are very similar. Arlette is, she is way more emotional than I am. And it drives me crazy. I just, I am not an emotional person. Um, I am very, I grew up in a household where it was, if you got to cry, you go in your room and you cry by yourself. And, and then going through, you know, the military part of, you know, when you're a female in the military and you're getting your ass chewed, I feel like it's a game for whoever's chewing your ass to, they're like, I just want to make her cry. I just want to make her, I want to make this female cry. And so that was one thing I really pride, prided myself during my, um, my time in service was that whenever I got my ass chewed, I never cried at least in front of those yeah. people, you know? So it's just, I've, I've always been somebody who is, you keep your emotions to yourself and you only share them with the people that you really, really trust. Because if you share them with the wrong person, they can flip it on you and use it against you. You know, yeah, that's just yeah. been my life experience. So emotions are something that are private and Arlette is a kid who freely shares her emotions on her sleeve at the drop of the hat. Um, well, she hasn't had to, she hasn't had to experience a trauma response. Exactly. Yeah. So she, and it's very interesting too having a boy and a girl seeing the difference between them too, I think because my son is, is not as emotional as, as Arlette is. Um, but like you've said, you know, you can't well, he's three. compare them. Yeah. You can't compare them. And I think too, just, it, it might be that my son, he's not really, um, he's not quite a talker yet. So it might be yeah. that he just isn't able to, to verbally share his emotions Express, with us. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But, um, but that's something that I've struggled with Arlette from the very get go is, trying to get myself to understand that, you know, just because I was brought up being told not to be emotional, that there's no reason that she should not get to share her emotions if she feels she needs to, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's inherently bad, right? Yeah. (laughs) And especially like, you know, I'm her parent. I should be willing to listen to what she has to say. If she has something to say when it comes to her feelings and things. To a degree. Uh, And I'm going to, I'm going to pause you there because to a degree, right? Like, as they grow up, they have to recognize that you don't just get to dump right. on whoever you want or, or because that person is a close person in your life. No. Yeah, exactly. No. And that's that where person I feel has like, to be willing to receive. Yeah. And that's where horses have been really great for her. Um, because, you know, we, we've talked about if you come up to Mando and you're having a bad day, he's instantly going to pick up on that. If you're yeah. going to sit up in that saddle and you're going to cry because Mando Pearl hopped, you need to get yourself in check because your emotions affect his emotions. So we've had, she's, she's gotten way better at understanding, like there is a time and a place and there are situations where it's an, it's appropriate to share our, my feelings. And there are situations where I should probably keep them for myself until another time. 
Um, yeah, and you, I mean, regulation, right? Like yeah. that's something I, I enforce with my kids a lot. Like mm-hmm. you have the right to feel, I tell them this all the time. You have the right to feel however you want. You don't have the right to make that other people's problem. Exactly. Yeah. And we've talked about, you know, too, just the amount of energy that goes into emotion. Um, explain to her that, you know, when, if we're, if we're going to cry because, you know, the, when, when the sun went down today, the sky was pink and purple instead of orange and purple, you know, <laughs> I'm just throwing a, a ridiculous example. Um, yeah. but if we're going to cry about that, then we're not going to have any energy to enjoy the rest of our day. So we need to be cognizant and we need to be, um, aware of how we're spending that energy throughout the day. And, and horses have been a major help in that both for her improving her understanding of her emotions and when they're appropriate and when, and when to keep them in check. And for me to be accepting of those emotions, because, Mm -hmm. you know, when, like, when we went back, going back to talking about when we switched from using the method to, um, more positive reinforcement training, you know, before it was, if I say we're going to work today, we're going to work today. I don't care about how you feel about it. Yeah, and, exactly. Exactly. And now, now that we do the, the positive reinforcement, you know, if I go out there and chap isn't feeling it, then, okay, we're not going to do it today. Like, it's okay for you to have a bad day. Just like, it's okay for me to have a bad day. Man, and, one of my followers said some, something on a post I made yesterday about that. They were like, no, we have a job to do. And that horse has to do their job. Right. And I was like, um, so if you're, if you, um, were having back spasms, but you couldn't talk, would you want me to force you to do your job anyway? Mm-hmm. Because how do you know? Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like that's kind of your fault for not having more than one horse. Then that's your yeah. fault for relying on that one horse, one horse to get that, your yeah. job done. That's like having one vehicle. What if it breaks down? Mm-hmm. Um, what if the battery dies? How are you going to get to the store to buy another one? Yeah. Why are you not applying that same principle to your animal? Um, and I just told, I just told him, you know, he's followed me for a while. I said, okay, you, I, I can respect that we don't do things the same way, mm-hmm. but that's not how I operate my ranch. And you know what? I get just as much done with probably half of the resources yeah. and ability. So um different strokes for different folks, man. Yeah. But, um, yeah, uh, I, you know, I've had to work a lot on that with my girls also, like, um, you know, we have a a small house. And so it's a lot of times when Tegan's going through it, because you'll never know when Kennedy's going through it, Kennedy Mm -hmm. will sequester herself and deal with it on her own. Um, sometimes she'll do the manipulative cry she has stopped doing that with me ever since I called her out on it. Yeah. Um, I was like, yeah, that's not going to, I can see that a mile away, kid. That's not going to work on me. Um, but with, with Tegan, you know, when she's going through it, I'll be like, listen, why don't you go to your room, collect yourself and you can come back out and, and rejoin everybody else when you're ready. You have the right to feel however you're feeling right now. Right. Right. Nobody can control that. You can't even control it right now. Because your little brain's not designed to do that yet. Mm-hmm. But you don't 
get to ruin everybody else's day and stomp yeah. around my house passive aggressively and make ugly faces at me. Because if you don't choose to regulate and separate yourself until you can get your, your mind under control or at least calm down, then you will start to incur consequences because I won't be disrespected. You've give, been given a warning. I've talked to you about it. Now make your choice. Mm-hmm. And she'll go to her room. She'll come back out a little while later. She usually won't say anything. And I'll ask, do you want to talk about it? No. Okay. You know, a lot of times they don't even understand why they're feeling the way they're feeling. Right. Um, but they always do get the choice. They can choose to go to the room or they can choose to go be with the horses. They always get to choose. Yeah. Um, depends on the weather typically, but you know, a lot of times they will go out and they'll stand with the horses or they'll go find the donkeys in the pasture and they'll stand with them. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's scientifically proven to release dopamine and mm-hmm. reduce cortisol. So you have a better shot at getting your brain chemistry that's fucking up your mood back into control when you're around an animal. Right. That's a good um, idea. I've never done that with Arla. I've never given her that option of going to her room or going out to the pasture. Maybe I should try that out. But the other thing it does, right, is when you, when they go up to the crowd, right, doesn't matter if they're like this, puffing their chest out, mad, stomping around, or if they're crying. Their presence, their demeanor, immediately affects the way those horses greet them at the fence. Mm-hmm. That is an instant feedback loop. Instant close on that loop for those kids. And they immediately realize, oh, the way I am feeling is impacting others. Mm-hmm. And I don't like, I don't like the, what it's doing. Yeah. They immediately start to self-regulate, especially because even as, even as you approach the animals, your brain is already releasing those chemicals. Right. Just, just being around them does that for you. Mm-hmm. So their brain is more receptive to realizing, oh, I'm not regulated right now. And I'm, I'm in a state of dysregulation and I need to fix that. Right. And look at, look, at what it, look at what it's doing to the animals. It immediately, immediately closes that feedback loop in their brain. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, is it, is it a little bit lazy to push the parenting off on the horses? I don't know. I feed them. They don't pay for their feed. So I think it's an even, I think it's an even trait personally. I could, it's so, <laughs> I think it's, I think it's such a smart idea because, um, you know, uh, one of the reasons that I don't teach Arlette riding and why I pay for somebody else to give her riding lessons is because, you know, they're just, your kids aren't as receptive to you and what you have to share with them, especially when they're this young as someone else's. And so Mm -hmm. I feel like that, that idea of having them go out to the horses and have that immediate feedback from someone that isn't mom and dad, who they're probably upset with anyway, to begin with, yeah, you're probably the root cause of whatever it is that they're upset for, you know, it's, yeah, it's probably, you're, you're going to have a much quicker, um, they're just going to realize it so much faster and they're going to, they're going to, I feel like it's going to stick in the brain a lot better than getting lectured about it for the umpteenth time by you oh I don't do that yeah (laughs) Mm -mm. no I don't do that um I don't don't remember um I guess it's just a difference in personality but like last night at dinner 
uh, we were out at a, a steakhouse and we were talking about, I'm not good at cutting cake. Like if I have to cut a cake, I will fucking mar the whole thing and ruin it. Like just destroy it. Okay. Uh, um, and Tegan goes, well, why don't you learn and get better? And I just looked at her and I was like, and she goes, was that offensive? And I was like, hmm, a little. Goes, oh, well, I'm sorry. But it, you know, that's not something um, I think she would have done, you know, before spending as much time with the horses as she has. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was an empathetic response, you know, it was yeah. that immediate reala- realization that like, oh, what I said had an impact. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. Yeah. Cause she, she didn't mean it from a bad place. She was like, why don't, why don't you learn and get better? Yeah. Cause I don't care. <laughs> um, but it was funny either way. Um, <laughs> do you have any, uh, kind of closing thoughts or um no I mean I feel like we covered so much in this this episode um yeah I would just say that if if you're going to have horses in your child's life do it safe. You, yeah, you need to be safe about it for sure. Um, but don't put so many expectations on it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, if they want to be competitive, cool, go do that. But let them be the ones that are competitive. If, yeah. they, if they just want to have horses just to have horses, then, and you're capable of, of providing that, I mean, there's so much that they can learn from just being around them. And there's so much that you can learn in experiencing horses with your child. Um, you know, especially if you, if you're a parent who, who struggles with connecting with your kid, like, you know, I, for, for a while had a hard time connecting with Arlette because of how emotional she was. I felt like I Mm -hmm. I put like a wall up between us because I was like, this is too much for me to handle. I don't want to do this. And when she started showing a real interest in horses, that created this great bridge between the two of us where mm-hmm. now I feel like I am much closer with her now than when she was much younger, because now she's starting to understand me better and I'm starting to understand her a little better. And horses yeah. are that bridge between us. We can go out and be with the horses and enjoy being with the horses and being with each other, you know? So, um, I mean, what a chap is an emotional horse, isn't he? He is, he's a lot like me where it's very much, um, Mm. he, he's emotional, but he's not going to let you know that unless he trusts you. Uh, well, I think it would benefit you to spend some time around an emotional horse. Yeah, probably. (laughs) If you want to better understand Arlette, spend some time around an emotional horse. Yeah. It will give you a greater sense of empathy for her experience and um, the way she perceives her environment. 
and I feel like Chap has taught me that a little bit. Um, you know, when we talked about about the method creating shutdown horses, um, I feel like that's how my parenting was in the beginning too. Oh yeah, like yeah. I like I <clears throat> I created a shutdown child with her when it came to her emotions. She would get emotional, and I would say, "Go go away! I don't want to deal with this." Yeah, and, no, I've, I'm guilty of the same thing. Yeah, the same thing. I feel like that's very much like uh, I feel like a lot of military veterans deal with well, that for, when they become parents. Yeah. And for me, it just, it floods my brain. Like my brain literally gets flooded. And when I'm medicated, I don't have as much of a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but my medication affects my heart rhythm. Yeah. So I can't, I can no longer take it. So I'm not able to correct my brain chemistry. And as a result of that, like I just, I get and and I think about this so much, like on an infinite loop in my mind that if people just didn't talk, I don't think I would have a problem. Mm-hmm. Like, I constantly think about, like, what is it that's so different from animals to people? Like, why do I relate so well to animals and animals relate so well? It's because they don't talk. Yeah. It's because they don't talk. And, like, um, yeah. Yeah. But, but I, yeah, I mean, like I said, chap, chap is emotional for me because he trusts me. And since I get to see that, that side of him. Um, well, think about that in relation to Arlette, how much she must trust you to let you see that, because I don't think yeah. that's something that probably you or I got to experience as a kid. Yeah, I, exactly. I knew better. I knew better than to cry. I'd get my ass handed to me. Mm-hmm. And the more I cried, the worse it got. Yeah. So you just, you just didn't period. Right. And I, you know, and I try to remind myself of that every time my kids, you know, smart off talk back which is rare um you know do silly little things that every normal kid should do right because I always think to myself immediately in those moments I never would have done that my mom would have fucking knocked knocked my head sideways I mean close fist just fucking popped off and hit me if not just slammed me into something and I think like wow what a normal happy comfortable space I've created for them they don't they don't feel any hesitation in doing those things they I have given my kids what I did not have, Mm -hmm. period. Um, But think about that in relation to Arlette. Like you you have created a space for her to feel comfortable in doing that. Yeah. I I do think, um, you know, as as they age, it's good to understand that your emotions are yours to own. Nobody can make you feel any way that you don't allow them to but you also don't get to make you, the way you feel other people's problem. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to have a breakdown, you've got to find a way to regulate and manage that in right. your own space. Period. Awesome. Yeah. So we will see you guys next time. <laughs>